the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. To Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. My apologies, not sure what was going on, but we're here now. The time is now for Like It Matters Radio. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to be talking about change. Now, it's a little bit different than we're used to talking about. You know, change is one of the only constants in life. However, not all change is good. Sometimes, We change without volition or conscious awareness, and those changes are not desired nor beneficial. It's what we call a slow fade. It's boiling frogs. You know, a little incremental change here and there, and before you know it, we've lost something. Someone or somehow, you know, and that's what we're going to talk about today because, let's be honest, it's crazy. What's going on in this world, right? It's crazy. It doesn't look like the same country. It doesn't look like the same people, right? It's just absolutely crazy. It reminds me of a story. Now, I don't know if you listen to our podcast, but we do a bi-weekly podcast, and Monday's a story time with Mr. Black, and Thursday's is uh, just a, a full one-hour segment where we break down and uh, just cover everything. And so this yesterday on story time, I shared this story. I think it's a great story. Uh, three umpires were discussing the problems of their occupation. One said, some are balls. And some are strikes. I call them as they are. The second one said, well, some are balls and some are strikes. I call them as I see them. But the third umpire chimed in and said, I see them coming across and some are balls and some are strikes. But they're nothing until I call them. Strike! You see, the third umpire was the only realistic one of the three. What is called a strike or a ball in baseball depends not on the absolute truth of each pitch but on the direction or the decision of the umpire, right? In other words, uh, each pitch is nothing until the umpire calls it. And I suggest that that is the same way that we work. There's a stimulus and there's a response. And our power is what we do between the stimulus and the response. And no one can make us do anything. We must choose. See, it's boiling frogs. And this is what happens. See, if we had drastic change all at once we would never allow it to happen we'd stop it but what happens when there's slow incremental change a little bit here a little bit there it's kind of unknowing we're so busy right we're going through the rat race of life uh, working to keep everything all the fires out working to keep everything looking pretty working to make money that we don't have to buy things that we don't need to keep up with people that we don't like right 
and we got all this going on. We got kids' baseball games. We got wives or husbands' to do list. Uh, we've got our own spiritual walk, our own personal needs, right? We got so much going on. And before we know it, we got all these balls in the air. We're dropping certain balls. And then a little bit here and a little bit there, it's unnoticeable. And then 10, 20 years later, because we get so busy in life, we go, wow, what happened? What happened to the passion we used to have? What happened to my love for God I used to have? What happened for my, uh, my workout ethic I used to have? What happened to putting my family first, that commitment I used to have? And it, it's boiling frogs. And if you don't know why I keep bringing up boiling frogs, it's a simple story. You know, if, if I've heard, if you take a live frog and you put it in a boiling pot of water, that stupid creature is smart enough to know that that's hot. Uh, and it's going to jump out if it can. However, I've also been told that if you take a live frog and put it in a lukewarm pot of water and you slowly bring it to a boil... I've been told you might want to have garlic butter ready. And that's what happens to us. The same exact thing happens. And, you know, life's going to pile on us. Life's going to throw stuff at us. Uh, and, you know, one wall we all have is wanting to be liked. And here's what happens. We start compromising. We start compromising because can't we all just get along? Uh, we we want to get along. We want to uh, fit in. Uh, we want to be liked. We want to know we matter. You know, we always hit the differences, how different we are. But let me suggest that we are far more similar than we are different. Far more similar than we are different. And so we want to connect. We want to fit in. We need community. And no man is an island and rock unto himself. We're all part of a larger continent. And so what happens, we start compromising. And, you know, this is interesting because these... Uh, you know, in Leadership Awakening, and this is what I do, this is what I've been doing for 30 years, I help people maximize the potentials they were created with. All this stuff that I talk about on the radio show, we help people intensely change their lives in 48 hours. Uh, we go to the flow. We go to the starter. We go to the beginning. And we use six words as a foundation for all things great. Team, passion, vision, purpose, focus, and commitment. Those are the six foundational words for everything great. And as I explain them, because we have a large uh, Latino population in this country, a lot of people speak Spanish as a primary language and as a secondary language. And so for me, I, I've been learning Spanish, poquito, very slowly, very slowly, a little bit here, a little bit there. And so what I'll do a lot of times is I'll impress people by taking my English words, uh, and then I will give them the Spanish word. And for me, it help explains the word a little bit more. Let me, let me give you an example. So team. Team, right? Together, everyone achieves more. Now, the Spanish word for team is equipo. Uh, for you gringos, equipo. Now, if you notice in there, it's the wor base word for equipment, right? And to me, that helped me understand what a team is. A team is like a good equipment. You know, I can put your shoulder pads on, your knee pads on, your helmet. Uh, you wouldn't see anybody out there playing NFL football a day without proper uh, uh, attire, without their proper equipment. You're right. You wouldn't see a, a starting safety or a guard or a center or a DB out there without a helmet on unless it got knocked off a second ago, right? So that's, for me, a team. And I always say there's one big lie out there and that there's no I in team. This is why most people have never been a part of a team. Because they don't understand the lie. The lie is that there's no I in team. And I know it's technically accurate. 
but get off the technical part. If your spouse asks you if they love you and you say technically, someone's probably sleeping on the couch somewhere, right? So I know technically there's no I in team, but let me tell you why that big lie matters, because it's a lie. Because if there's no I in team, then there's no you in team. And if there's no you in team, then there is no team unless you're talking about somebody else's team. And we go from class, whatever the number is in our training, on Thursday night, and we become team, whatever the number of their training is, by Saturday. Because it requires an I. When all 16 of those students, when all 12 of those students, however many is in there, when they all add their I, I am committed I will give my best. I will trust the process. I will trust my sponsor. I will trust Mr. Black. I will give it everything I've got. When all people add their I, then we go to team. A team is nothing more than a group of people with a common mission. The common mission is to see how far we can go in two and a half days to become the best version of ourselves. And that's what I've been doing for 30 years. You can go to likeitmatters.net and read about it. Now, passion, right? Passion. To me, it feels better. Passion. That's, uh, that's the Spanish word for passion. One S. Vision is vision, right? Again, it feels good. Purpose, propósito, right? Propósito, focus is coco. I love how they say focus. Focus. It's the S. The, 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 the focus is on the us. Focus. And for me, it's always told me that really focus is all about us. No one can climb inside your head and focus you. Only you can do that. But it's interesting because this word commitment, what was lacking today in America for anything good, oh, lots of commitment for bad stuff, for destruction, for hatefulness, for evilness. Oh, there's so much commitment. Just look at Antifa, BLM. They're committed. They'll burn down a city. They'll kill cops. They'll do whatever it takes. Well, there's commitment for that. But the Spanish word for commitment is compromiso. Do you hear it? Somehow we have mistaken commitment for compromise. And that's why we're in the mess we're in. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about a little leaven equals boiling frogs. And we'll be right back. Nuestro deber internacionalista. Awakening impacts even the seasoned pros. Take a listen to these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings, followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing, and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was going to be, that it was going to be difficult. And I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows. I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon, we're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Dad, guess what? What? 
You are going to be a grandfather. That's great. Not too long ago, moments like this with my daughter would have been a challenge. It was a long road for me to find myself again after Vietnam. It was my neighbor Jim, another Vietnam veteran, who finally convinced me that I could still connect with my family and find that fulfilling life I'd lost. And I went for help down at the VA. If I can take that first step after almost 50 years, I know other veterans can too. Visit maketheconnection.net to find out more. TheFishTwinCities.com is streaming your favorite contemporary Christian artists like Matthew West, Toby Mack, For King and Country, and many more. Stream along at TheFishTwinCities.com, download the free app, or listen on your Amazon smart speaker. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And today, we're talking about change, but not the good type of change. It's the change that happens that we didn't want to happen. It's the change that happens that we're consciously not intending to happen. It's the change that happens that slowly takes away from our passions. And see, that's what I deal with. For 30 years, I've been doing transformational leadership training. In 48 hours, I change people's lives. Because what I cover on this radio show, I go into depth, into detail, and we do it structurally. Uh, And so, man, two and a half days that will change your life. Uh, We have a class coming up in two weeks from Thursday, February 17th through 19th in Las Vegas. I think we're at eight people, so I still got four more spots. We limit 12. Uh, March 3rd through 5th in Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, March 31st, uh, we'll be back in... uh, uh, Minnesota, not sure exactly where, maybe Bloomington, maybe, maybe uh, St. Cloud, not exactly sure. We'll know by the next week. Uh, April 21st, we're back in Vegas, and then May 12th through 14th, we're back in Ve- Las Vegas. Sorry, April 21st, we're in DFW. You can go to likeitmatters.net schedule, uh, and there you can find out about us. But today, I want to talk about starters. You know, uh, my wife loves sourdough bread, loves sourdough bread. And I don't know if you know this or not. But there's this thing called a starter. Uh, and what they do is they make this the dough uh, for sourdough bread. And then they take a little piece out of it. Uh, and then they go ahead and start a whole new loaf. And they go ahead and add more flour and all that. They give this little chunk of dough, this little piece that uh, was from somebody else's dough. Uh, and they give it to someone else. And then they use that to rebatch, to start their own um, um, sourdough bread. It's fascinating. I was reading about this, and my wife loves sourdough bread. She said, this is from uh, 
an article, I think, history.com. In the early years of mining mayhem, San Franciscan bakers were perplexed. After biting into their newly baked bread, recipes they had been making in the France uh, had turned sour. Yet somehow they realized that they liked how the bread tasted. So they realized they had struck culinary gold of sorts. Thus the name of the bread became known as sour dough. Now bread was uh, so important to the miners that on cold nights they would actually cuddle with their yeast starter to keep it warm so it wouldn't die. These intelligent miners became known as sourdoughs. I love history. Initially, it was thought that San Francisco was the only place where San Francisco sourdough bread could be made because the foggy climate cultured this specific type of yeast. And what happened, it's fascinating if you read about it, is they would just take this chunk of bread or dough and they would pass it on to generation to generation and generation. Matter of fact, San Francisco is widely regarded as the mecca, mecca of sour style bread. In the late 1980s, the San Francisco artisan bread movement reinvigorated our bread-making image with an emphasis on great technique. Uh, and to this day, I've been told the starter that San Francisco Bread Company, my daughter, uh, my wife talks about it so much. She's from the Bay Area. Uh, she loves sourdough bread. And I was told that the starter that they still have today to make bread was from the days of the 49ers, not the NFL 49ers. I'm talking about the gold rush 49ers. And the way they do that is they have what's called a starter. So it's called a sourdough starter or a levain. A levain, I think it's called, if you're French or fancy, is a complex community of microbes used to leaven breads, imparting a distinct sour flavor and light texture along the way. Like many ferments, starters have been around for thousands of years, with the earliest known leavened bread dating back to, ready for this, 3700 BCE in Lausanne, Switzerland. In fact, it's only in the last 150 years or so that commercial baker's yeast has come into fashion. Isn't that fascinating? And we're talking, you can trace this back to hundreds of years. One starter. Fascinating me. And this is what I've realized in 30 years of doing my leadership training, of walking in the deep, deep recesses of the human psyche with 15,000 people, is we too have a starter like San Francisco-style sourdough bread. They're called belief systems. They're called um, stories. Uh, they're called um, patterns. They're called history. Uh, they're called so many things, but these are our starters. They guide us. Remember, by the time a child is five years old, the majority of their map of reality is in place. But what it takes is commitment. And see, this is why I ended the last segment with uh, commitment. And the Spanish word is compromiso. Because I think what happened is we're all talking the same language, but we're using different dictionaries. Today, someone that's committed uh, is called closed-minded, uh, is called bigoted, uh, is called hateful or phobic of something else. You know, I always tell people, you know, love is not tolerance. You know, when you love someone enough, you don't tolerate. I'm dealing with a, a woman, a client of mine, that her husband's uh, having an emotional relationship with this woman. Now, supposedly nothing's going on. Um, but uh, he wants to go out and visit her and all that. And I've been, you know, dealing with people for 30 years, and I am a people, and I've done a lot of things I'm not proud of. Uh, this is the typical trajectory for adultery. 
It's pretty clear. Uh, there's no uh, no wiggle room here. It's very clear to see where this path goes. And what's happening is he made some commitments at the beginning of his marriage before he had the two kids and before he had all this, and before he committed his life to God and all that. But what's happened is he's now compromised. And see how the Spanish word kind of connects those two words. See, commitment is a noun which is often translated as el compromiso. And compromise is a noun which is often translated as la solución intermedia. Do you get that? Isn't that cool? Because compromise, the way we use it, the way that's translated, the original meaning, was just an intermediate solution until something better comes along. But what we've made it into is tolerance. What we've made it into is now altering our behavior. What we've made it into now is fitting in with the world. See, I find it interesting because when I was looking up the word commitment, uh, it has a couple things. It talks about uh, uh, a couple different things. It gives definitions. But it, under pledge, under pledge, which is what real commitment is, to give your word. That's what I'm talking about, commitment. You know what it says? Ready for this Spanish dictionary? No direct translation. Isn't that amazing? So for the word commitment, absolute, to make a pledge, to give your word, undying resolve. That's what commitment is. Commitment in the Bible, when the Bible says believe, they're talking about committing. And see, when the Bible talks about committing and believing, they use the word believe to mean no other choice, no other option. It's like you're in the middle of the deepest ocean in the world, and you have one little dinghy, one little life raft, one little round tube or whatever that you're holding on, one piece of driftwood that you're holding on to. And if you let it go, you're miles away from shore. You're miles away from the bottom of the ocean at the, at the sea level, at the top of the waterline. And if you let go, uh, you're dead. See, that's what the Bible means by believe. That's called commitment. And this is what we're talking about. And this is what's not in there. Because under compromise, you know what the third definition is? To accept something inferior. And I really believe that's what's happened. We have compromised who we are. We've compromised our beliefs. Uh, the, the, the church today is ineffective. Because the church has compromised so much. We've lost our commitment to the word that we've decided to fit in with the world. And so today, why do you think most people want nothing to do with Christianity? Because the church looks no different than the world, except that the church is judging people where the world's accepting whatever you want to do, it's okay, as long as you're not a Christian, as long as you're not conservative. Outside of conservative and Christian, outside of that, whatever, uh, in America, everything else is acceptable. But you can't be Christian and you can't be conservative. And so again, notice the compromise. Accepting standards that are lower than is desirable. Galatians 5 talks about this. You're running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. See, this is the whole concept, the starter. When we start allowing things to come in to our relationship, when we start allowing things to come into our life, when we start allowing things to come in to compromise, to get off track, this is why it's so important to have a mission statement, vision steps. Because you know when most people want to analyze their life, September 11, 2001, a lot of lives changed for a little while. 
You know when people are ready to save their marriage? When one spouse is done. When they're ready to walk away. Now they're ready. And then it's too late. Do you know when we're ready to refocus on our kids? When we've lost one. Or we have to put one in rehab. Or one has now won off such a deep end that we wonder if they're going to be alive tomorrow to talk to us. Now we're ready to change. Because now the pain is so great. Now we've realized that we've lost who we are. That's what in the book of Revelation, when Jesus is talking to the seven churches, he has one thing against the churches in Eph- the church in Ephesus. You have forgotten your first love. He said, go back to what you did at the beginning. This is why our marriages die. We start compromising. We start thinking it's okay to go out to lunch with women who are struggling in their marriage. And when we talk about our struggles in our marriage, we compromise We start feeling bad. This is what's going on. This is why people are walking into stores and walking out with thousands of dollars of merchandise and not even stopping because we've compromised. We're so wrapped up in feeling shameful or guilty. Some of you are racist, so you think every other white person is racist, so now you overcompensate. See, this psychology, this is why you got to know what your starter is. This is why we go back to the sourdough bread. This is why most people are so busy just getting through the last two years have been chaotic, have been stressful, have been confusing, and we've lost our way. We've compromised. We've given in. We, we said two weeks uh, till, uh, the, till we can flatten the curve, and now it's two years. We started putting on masks and doing all this stuff, little stuff, because we wanted to, to help our fellow neighbor, and now we've lost the identity of who we are. The dough has taken over, and we don't know where to go. And today on Like It Matters Radio, that's what we're talking about. It's a slow fade, and it's boiling frogs, and we'll be right back. Take a listen to these words about Like It Matters Leadership Awakening from a recent attendee. Leadership Awakening is like nothing else. It's incomparable to any other training that I've been through, and that's executive professional communication training to to how to hold a fork. It, the, the Leadership Awakening is a deep mental experience where I was forced to challenge my mind in a way that I've never been challenged before. And it's, there's nothing like it. There's, there's, there's no way to explain it with words. You have to experience it. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. It's not only changing lives, it's saving lives. That's likeitmatters.net slash schedule. A funny thing happens in Minnesota in the winter, whether you like cozy nights in a cabin, meeting friends for burgers after skiing, flying down more than 22,000 miles of groomed snowmobile trails, or hiking in the silence of the woods. A funny thing happens. The coldest months of the year have a way of bringing about the warmest moments in life. Visit ExploreMinnesota.com. Sponsored by Explore Minnesota Tourism. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Angie's List is now Angie, your home for everything home. With Angie, you could cross your next project off your to-do list before this ad is over. Just tell us what you need and we'll handle the rest sending a top pro to get it done or browse reviews compare quotes from pros and connect instantly all for free for everything from routine maintenance to a dream remodel because however you want your project done we'll get it done download the app or go to angie.com that's a-n-g-i.com to get started 
We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the daily radio show, Like It Matters, at 11 a.m. on Freedom 1570. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters. Inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and I want to encourage you, man. If you want to make 2022 the best year possible, go to likeitmatters.net. Get in a leadership awakening class. You know, tomorrow uh, is February 2nd, 2022. That is fascinating because it's 2 2 20222. Uh, man, what a day. Uh, the best use of twos. And if you know anything about typology, what you'll find out is that two is a number that represents the witness. See, in the Bible, there's something called typology, where things are types of things. You know, uh, you know, in the Bible, whenever Old Testament is talking about Egypt, uh, it's a typology for the world. And so there's a book out there years ago uh, said, uh, and the quote in it that uh, we uh, the Israelites got out of, it, out of Egypt, but they never got Egypt out of them, out of the Israelites. Uh, and that's because of our flesh. And so uh, there are a lot of typologies uh, of the Christ, the Redeemer, the Savior. You look at Noah, uh, you look at Joseph, uh, you look at, uh, you know, uh, all these people. These were um, Abraham. These are basically typology types of, of the forerunner for Jesus the Christ. Uh, you look at the flood of Noah. Uh, you look at parting the Red Sea. Uh, those are types, typology of uh, the baptism. Uh, that you go underwater, you die to the old life. There are also examples of how God delivers people through great tribulation. Again, like the rest of the world went through tribulation, but God's chosen eight uh, survived it. Uh, they were pulled out of the world by putting put them on an ark, right? It represents the rapture, where God's going to take the world through Jacob's trouble, uh, but the church, his elect, his select, will be pulled out. So there's lots of typologies in the Bible. And you know what leaven is? Leaven is the typology for sin. And again, when I say the word sin, let me go to the archery term, meaning to miss the mark. It's compromise. Because when you compromise, the standard, which means the, the definition I'm using for compromise is to accept something inferior. You got to understand that. In 1 Corinthians 5, you know, Paul's writing a letter to the Corinthians. He spent a year and a half in Corinth uh, and then went to Ephesus for three years. And he's hearing about how the people in Corinth had got all wrong. They're going into visions. Uh, you got one of the church leaders is sleeping with his father's wife. 
uh, and they're celebrating. Look, look how open we are. Look how inclusive we are. Look, we're even allow open sinners to be part of our congregation. Uh, and uh, Paul went livid on him. He said, First uh, Corinthians five. You're boasting about this is terrible. Don't didn't you realize that this sin is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast by removing this wicked person from among you. Then you'll be like a fresh batch of dough made without yeast. Don't you get it? That's the thing. See, with that starter, as long as you have the starter, you take a little chunk. You could put it in with all good dough. All There's no leaven in it. That little piece that you put in there that has the fermentation, that has the active microbes, that little piece will ferment the whole loaf. And that's what happens when we compromise. What happens is we have a little piece that then uh, confiscates or, or condemns or contaminates the whole thing. Oops. And that's what's happened in America. You know, I was looking at articles here. Uh, this was from uh, yesterday. Sean Penn says American men have become feminized, blames cowardly genes. Uh, that's a stupid statement. Uh, Sean Penn doubled down on comments he made about masculinity to American men during a recent interview in which he blamed cowardly genes for men putting on a skirt. It's not cowardly genes. It's compromise. It's compromise. You know, and, and the left has been very good at this. The enemy is wily. Beware of the wiles of the enemy, right? That's what scripture says. Beware of the wiles of the enemy. We've got to remember that. And that's what's going on. So we are told every two years by the Democratic Party that uh, there's a war on women. And that's absolutely not true. There's not a war on women. There's a war on men. That's what's been going on. If you don't believe me, go to a college campus. The only drug that's illegal on a college campus is testosterone. Right? That's it. Uh, Homer Simpson, uh, what, Bundy, right? Uh, married with children, right? Uh, it's always been fathers are buffoons, fathers are goofballs, uh, fathers can't do anything, right? And anything masculine now is evil, right? And we basically ban John Wayne, we ban the Marble Man, and whether you like him or not, let's be honest. Donald Trump was the epitome of a masculine male, and then you make him white. And then you make him unabashed and not willing to compromise. And he is the enemy uh, of the world today. And when I say the world, I don't mean of everybody. The enemy of the world is also God's people. God says, if you love God, then the world's going to hate you. And he says, if you're a friend of the world, then you're an enemy of God. That's what scripture says. And so what's going on here, it's not about cowardly genes. He's, he's crazy. What it's about is compromise. It's about conditioning. Ladies and gentlemen, what have you been compromising on? This is why we got to know who we are. This is why we got to know those existential questions, because there comes a point in life where we take our last breath. And the good book says it is appointed for man to die one time and then comes the judgment, meaning I don't care what your beliefs are. We will stand before God someday and be held to account for our lives. And see, at the end of my class, I have people write out this thing called Share the Fire. There's four questions. How, uh, briefly share what your biggest block in life or business was. How will you experience uh, Leadership Awakening change your life? In a few words, why should someone attend Leadership Awakening? And then what are you now excited or passionate about? 
And so what's the biggest block, this person said? Getting out of my own way and letting God work. Stop overthinking what he is doing and just trust him. See, we compromise. We got off the narrow path. God's looking for faith, and faith always requires a gap from what we're told and what our flesh sees, what our flesh feels, and what our flesh hears. What are you now excited about? I'm excited to be the man of God I've been chosen to be. No longer will I think of myself as useless in the hand of God. He is either God who multiplied bread or not, who healed the blind or not, who split the Red Sea or not. The good news is he is. I am. See, this, what he's talking about is going back to the starter. See, our starter, like I'm talking about the sourdough bread, it's a metaphor. It's a typology. If you understand, Jesus always talked in parables. And let me explain to you etymologically what a parable is. Para means to come beside something. That's what a para means. It means you come alongside something. And what a parable does, you take something with no meaning and you lay it next to something with meaning. And what you do is you transfer the meaning from one thing to the other thing. That's what a parable is. It's a simile. It's like like this. That's why John a lot in the book of Revelation said it was like this because he did not have language. He did not have a dialect. He did not have human experience to explain what he was seeing uh, in the year of 2000. It was hard to see. So you got to realize what are you going to experience that leadership waking? My mind is a powerful tool, and what I do to my mind will drastically affect how I act. See, here's one of the biggest compromises. Here's one of the biggest ways that we get uh, messed up is we start compromising in our mind first. To think is to create. As a man thinking is a mind, so is he. So what we do is the enemy plants a seed of doubt, and we start doubting ourselves. We don't want to be too hard. We don't want to be a bigot. We don't want to be called a racist. We don't want to be called a liar. And because people don't know Scripture well, and because they don't have confidence, the enemy gets us confused. And remember, confusion uh, is the enemy's number one weapon formed against us. And as I say all the time, the devil can't make you bad. He'll make you busy. So we get so busy. We got so much information going through our heads that we have no choice but to compromise on certain things if we want to hold all the balls up, if we want to be the husband, the father, the son, the business person, the spiritual leader, the church member, all those things, right? If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Briefly share what your biggest block in life or business was before attending. Uh, uh, Betrayal and abandonment. Listen to this. My father left us at a very young age, and growing up, it's difficult not having a father. See, there's his starter. See, there's his starter. His starter was, I have such low value that my dad walked out on me. And my dad, who gave birth to me, doesn't love me, doesn't value me, doesn't care about me, then I have no value. Now, you take that little starter that's in place at five years old. And remember, the starter from the San Francisco Bread Company is, what, 150 years old, something like that? And the, the, the longest a human being post-flood can live is about 120. Do you see how it affects? It's just like that starter. It spreads. That's why the Bible says a little leaven will leaven the loaf. 
And someday you got to clean it out. That's why you go to Like It Matters. That's why people come to my training and don't just, just listen to my radio show. That's why people help me be their life, uh, let me be their life caddy so I can help them keep it going. Because we've been compromised. We've been told to shut up and sit down. We've been told to mask up and go along with what everybody else says. We're told to just stay in our house and cash our checks. And ladies and gentlemen, we've been told now that if you don't do that, you're a bad American. And you see how they're getting us? And you got to know who you are. Briefly share what your biggest block in life was. Being trapped in my own head, caring about what other people think. I was constantly battling with my own thoughts. That's his biggest share. And now he's excited to show his wife how much he can love her and focus on her. Isn't that incredible? Two days, 48 hours is all it took. That's what we're talking about. We don't need to compromise. We can commit. But we got to go back to the starter and see what the fermentation is. You got to go to the beginning. And that's what we do at likeitmatters.net. I'm Black. We'll be right back. Not only is your request denied, but I will take away that loaf of white bread you're getting now. Leadership Awakening impacts even the seasoned pros. Take a listen to these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings, followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but... I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing, and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was going to be, that it was going to be difficult. And I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows. I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Sightseeing in Paris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Take Freedom 1570 with you wherever you go by downloading our app. Listen to your favorite shows, see our social media posts, enter exclusive contests and more, all from the app. Just search for Freedom 1570 in the App Store. Take a listen to this comparison of other training to Leadership Awakening. For probably two-thirds of my 30-year law enforcement career. I spent time in supervision and management, so I've been to a lot of leadership training. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I went to a leadership course in California where I worked, and it's an eight-month program. I went through that program. I went back later on as a facilitator, so I, I taught leadership. What we did in class was 
completely different than any other leadership program that I've been through. I mean, in 48 hours of leadership training in your program, it was just, it was dynamic. It was intense. It was powerful. You know, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, application. Boy, if I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I don't have anything inspirational from Sean Penn. <laughs> John always likes to have drops and like, uh, yeah, that wasn't a punchline, huh? Of course not. I hated even bringing them up. But today we're talking about compromise. And Sean Penn don't care for who he is, uh, but he was right. You know, what's happened to men? It's not wimpy jeans. Uh, it's compromise. Uh, and it's actually very effective, uh, what the enemy's been doing. And it's going on for decades. Again, we love The Simpsons. My wife loves it. She's seen every one of the shows probably 10 times. Uh, married with children, you know, Mr. Bundy, right? Uh, uh, you, you name it. Men have been ridiculed for 40, 50 years, telling we don't need everything's men's fault. And if you're a white man, right? This is why even cisgender, if you're uh, normal and married to uh, the opposite sex, there's something wrong with you. It's not only that homosexuality is okay now, it's homosexuality is preferred. Do you see the compromise? Do you see how we're told to sit down and shut up? And if you don't, then you're homophobic. Well, first of all, phobic means to be afraid of. Why would you be afraid of someone because their choice is to have sex with the same sex? I'm not afraid of it. It's, I just don't, don't agree with it. And uh, by the way, I believe that you shouldn't get in the middle of your, someone else's sins between them and God. The big difference I have is when you attempt to make what God says is bad, good. That's the problem I have with it. Uh, God says no sin is worse than any other. So this is what uh, that happens. This is what that starter it starts to infect the whole batch. You have a little bit. You let a little bit in, and it starts to infect the whole batch. And this is happening all over. Look what's going on in the mental health dilemma. Texas Roadhouse founder Kent Taylor dies at 65. He took his own life. He got COVID, got over COVID, and then had tinnitus. So he's ringing his ears and wound up killing himself. Uh, how about this? Miss USA 2019, Chelsea uh, Chris jumps to her death from New York City condo. Chris jumped from the 29th floor of a 60-story Orion condominium building. Killed herself. 29 years old, beautiful, sexy, black skin. Uh, Miss uh, USA 2019 had everything going for it. She took the Kate Spade route, right? Look what we've done. We've allowed it in. We were all this mental, all this, everybody wanting to fit in, all everybody wanting to belong. Everybody get, get your shots and shut up. Put your mask on and shut up. I saw a guy come in yesterday at 24-Hour Fitness, went to the gym, worked out. He came in the sauna wearing a mask, and I almost <laughs> laughed out loud. I almost laughed out loud. How many times do you see people driving down the street in a car by themselves with a mask on? I see it all the time now. And I would bet you, if you were to take a look at someone with a mask on and someone without a mask out in the open, I live in Texas, we're still a free state, I can guarantee you 75% of those that are wearing a mask, I would guarantee you are, are Democrats and liberals, uh, 75 of those not wearing a mask are most likely conservative or Republicans. I'm going to tell you right now. 
and we've compromised. We've been told, you know, where, you know, the DOJ just decided that they're not going to prosecute all those people in Portland and in Washington that attacked federal buildings, that attacked federal officers, that injured people, that the DOJ is not going to prosecute any of those people. But remember January 6th, uh, Merrick Garland wanted you to know that he's going to use the full extent of law to punish every single person that was there January 6th. So it's okay to attack federal buildings. It's okay to attack federal police officers. It's not okay to be conservative. And see, the January 6th thing is just about destroying Trump. It has nothing to do with anything else. It's we They're going to beat us into submission to where if you even say anything, you're attacked. Don't you hear the compromise in all this? And the best example is now, and if you're a person of color, you can just steal stuff. I, I mean, it's just stunning. Uh, I saw this article on Blaze Media. This old lady fed up. She says, enough of this bull. You know what that last word is, right? Spunky says, spunky older woman blocks a-hole shoplifter, yanks off his ski mask, and curses him out before he departs store empty-handed. A spunky and salty-tongued old woman is becoming a bit of a folk heroine since video has been circulating of her confronting and stopping a suspected shoplifter in a Walmart over the weekend. Global News reported that Saturday morning's incident at the store in Campbell River, about four hours northwest of Vancouver, began when a man followed the suspected shoplifter heading for the store exit. The man, who apparently was recording a video of the highest, asked the apparent shoplifter he's planning on paying for the items. And he said no. And he just walked out the door wearing a ski mask. And everybody let him go, and this woman stopped him. This old woman confronted him, ripped his mask off, and basically verbally beat him down. You clumsy poop! Yeah, that's the thing. And see, here's the problem. This is where the decay starts. See, we talk about the starter. And the starter that we use for sourdough bread that could have been uh, created 150 years ago is just like us in our lives. Remember, we talk about these. We talk about these these stories that we tell. We call them life scripts, right? As humans, we create stories. They're starters. We create stories to help make sense of the world. Stories run through time like our lives. We put ourselves in a place of the protagonist or other players feeling what it may be like. And the greatest story for each of us is the story of our lives. So we constantly retell ourselves about what has happened to us, replaying the internal video and audio, attributing good and bad roles to the various players in our lives. We project it in the future, wondering what might be. And underneath all this, often unrealized, is the great story are things that were made up long, long ago. And these life scripts shape our thoughts and actions and the story we tell ourselves. See, this is what's important. Remember, there's the three R's of survival, regret, resent, and resist. And they all require a rear focus, right? We regret things that happened in the past. We resent things that happened in the past. And resist, by that I mean resisting the good things coming in our life that God's doing through sanctification. Or in my training, I put a lot of pressure on people. I squeeze them. I make them uncomfortable. And some people resist me because they have pain in their past, they've been abused, they've been molested, they've been abandoned, and so they project that on me, but that's not me. And so they resist me, even though I'm there just to help them. And so we live in a world that wants to go, take you back to 1619, to 1776, to 1812, to 1911, to 1962, to 2001, to 2015. Got my point? Yeah, that's the devil. He's the accuser of the brethren. But I want you to know it all starts in our head. 
Dr. Caroline Leaf, I quote her a lot. She uh, deals a lot of this with epigenetics. She says 75 to 95% of the illnesses that plague us today are a direct result of our thought life. Talk about the starter. Remember, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is our power. It is our freedom. No one can make you feel anything. What happens is there's a stimulus. Someone says or does something. And then we go to what we know. We go to our three channels. We see something from our past. We hear or say something from our past. And where we feel something from our past. And then based on that, we respond. We're not responding to what that other person said or done. We're responding to our narrative. Our explanation about what and why they said what they said. See, the average person, you ready for this? 30 to 60,000 thoughts a day. And through an uncontrolled thought life, we create the conditions for illness and for compromise. We make ourselves sick. We're not committed. We, we, we are disingenuous. And we fit in. We got a waffle. I mean, look at uh, Whoopi Goldberg. What a, she's a, such a racist, bigoted, hateful person, but she has to live in the world. And so she says that the Holocaust had nothing to do with racism. What a, what a moronic Yay. statement. And so she had to go back and apologize because she was mandated to because she gets her money from the world. And if she's going to fit into the world, she's going to have to compromise. And even though she still believes that, she's going to do the public apology so that she can still cash her checks and get invited to the great parties. That's what's going on. There are intellectual, there are medical reasons to let go of what's going on in your head. Your stinking thinking, your bitterness, your pound of flesh, your record wrong that the world wants you to keep track of. I mean, let's be honest. Right now, you live in a country where if you don't think like everybody else, you're a criminal. If you're a Republican or a conservative, uh, you're an intransigent. You're the biggest threat to this country. That's what our government is telling people. And so you got 40% of the sheeple, uh, the Antifa, the BLM, who are all victims. And so now they're persecuting everybody because they've been a victim. Uh, And, man, be careful because they're running the show, man. Medical research increasingly points to the fact that thinking and consciously controlling our thought life is the best way to detox our brain. And when life squeezes you, what do you think comes out of you? People are road rage. People are killing each other over nothing. People are being offended, uh, not getting their Xbox, not someone cutting the line, someone looking at them wrong, and they're killing them because of all the bitterness in our head and our hearts. We need to start going back to the starter. We need to clean out all the leaven. We need to clean out all the bitterness. If we leave a little bit in there, it corrodes the whole thing. When you get a root canal, they got to go back in there and dig and grind every little piece out of there. Because if you leave one piece of that infection in there, it'll reconstitute itself. When it's going for cancer and they're going into cancer surgery, my dad went through this. Every six months, recheck. They have to get every little piece out. If they leave any one little piece, it will reconstitute. It's a starter, just like with sourdough bread. And your thoughts are the same thing. And you got to understand that. Go to likeitmatters.net. Let me help you get rid of that starter and have a new beginning. I am Mr. Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. We're helping you remember when you live your life like it matters. It does. You clumsy poop. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest-rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. 
We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Ringing Liberty at... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.